Hi there, it's Shona Fuller here. I'm really thrilled to be launching today a new podcast series, The Fruit Diaries. I'm blessed standing here on 180 acres of thriving farmland on rich red volcanic soil. And this place is known as Tropical Fruit World in Northern New South Wales. And my first guest today, I thought I'd start from the very top, the man himself, the founder and owner, owner Bob Brinsmead. Welcome, Bob. Oh, thank you, Shona. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here today. Thank you for your time. So I guess we should start with people because people can't see what, where we are at the moment, but we're on this amazing 180-acre farm full of beautiful fruits. And I just want to ask you, how did you come about owning a tropical fruit farm? Well, I originally bought the property 40... Yes, about 48 years ago. And... Uh, it was selected because um, it was a nice place to raise the young family, so it was bought as a family residence. But it also had uh, a background that demonstrated uh, it was a place that was suitable to grow avocados and a, a great variety of tropical fruit. And speaking about avocados, because that's our hero out here at Tropical Fruit World, we've got an amazing fruit shop where we sell $10 buckets. And how many varieties do we have out here, Bob? Oh, we'd have about 17 or 18 varieties of avocados. And we're standing in front of the very first avocado tree, aren't we? Do you think it it was was the first in Australia? No, it wasn't. Uh, There were some others that were earlier than... uh, This was uh, a tree that we're standing in front of. Uh, was a site of a small experimental station operated by the Department of Agriculture many years ago. And in the 1940s, early 40s, during the war, um, they imported this tree from uh, America somewhere Mm -hmm. uh, and a, a small handful of different kinds of avocado trees well, when I bought the property, most of them had, uh, a fire had gone through the property after they vacated and uh, the place and what trees that were left of the old experimental station were wiped out, except this one survived. Amazing. I think the it was originally a grafted tree, but what happened is that the original tree was, was wiped out and then the the old rootstock sprung out again. Mm-hmm. And so now this tree would be, uh, well, it's over 70 years old. And it's still, you can see it's still thriving. It's beautiful. And uh, Bob, there's going to be people out there today that have tried to grow an avocado tree in their suburban yards and that sort of thing. Have you got any just quick tips and tricks that people, because I've heard it's pretty hard to grow an avocado tree. Well, the first requirement of avocado is a, is a deep, well-drained soil. And there's not many places in Australia uh, that has that kind of soil. If you live in the uh, typical country that was, or the land that was the typical gum tree, sort of native forest, the, the land tends to be shallow and, and clay underneath, very little topsoil and clay. So. Uh, I'd say if you want to plant an avocado tree in your suburban backyard, uh, that's a great ambition to have. Uh, If I had to do it, the first thing I'd want to plant too would be an avocado tree. What I'd recommend you do is is 
know what your soil is, bore a hole. Anything up to, well, you know, as near to a metre deep as you can and fill that hole up with water. If the water is retained in that um, hole for a long time, if it doesn't disappear, if you can't see it being dissipated by, by soaking into the ground, but and especially if you got up the next morning and it was still in the hole, <laughs> well, you're not going to grow an avocado tree there because the roots will be... Uh, uh, the roots are very sensitive to any water logging and it'll die of root rot. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't got enough topsoil, you don't have to give up on the ambition to grow an avocado tree. So what you have to do is bring in some more topsoil. And you don't try and dig it into the land. Dig it, don't dig a hole. The last thing, the biggest mistake some people do is dig a hole and put the topsoil in the hole. Well, all they've done is make a water hole mm-hmm. because the water is going to lie in that hole. I can imagine. Where the yeah. topsoil. So the thing you do is put the topsoil on the top of the ground. Make a big turkey nest. The bigger the one you make, the better. Now... Uh, it may be that the topsoil, getting enough topsoil will cost you as much or even more than the avocado tree. But if the avocado tree is grown on a mound of topsoil, it's well drained, it will, it will have a very good chance of surviving and growing into a healthy tree. That is an excellent tip. So I'm sure there's lots of people out there that will find that really interesting. I do, because I've always, so I'm going to go home and start plant, trying to plant an avocado tree with all those special tips. Now, Bob, I just wanted to ask you, um, because I see you all the time driving around with Tigger in the nursery, doing your thing. What keeps you inspired? Well, it's, it's, it's nature in itself that, you know, that, um, we work with nature and uh, we harness its inspiring potential. You only have to look at our surroundings here, look at these trees. Some of these trees, I planted these uh, uh, 30 years, 40 years ago, and they're still here and thriving. This tree has been here, it's been here for 48 years, and it, it's, it's what we call, if you have a look at the fruit on this tree, uh, it's what we call a Guatemalan type of avocado. It comes from the rainforest of Guatemala in, in South America. Um, it's not the best tasting avocado. This is a wild tree. It's a, what we call a seedling. It's, it's the, the rootstock, but it makes a very good planting material. Mm-hmm. And all of this property was originally based on planting out these Guatemalan seeds Mm -hmm. from this uh, avocado and then grafting them. And a great deal of our grafting, we simply did it uh, straight out in the field rather than in a nursery. Planted the seeds in the ground. When the seeds got it, when the seedlings grew to a couple of feet high with a stem as about as thick as a pencil, Mm -hmm. then we grafted them in the the paddock. that's one way, a less expensive way, to do thousands. In those years, 
that was uh, back in the 70s, we planted thousands of avocado trees. And what a good time so to be. That was a good, uh, that was a big saving, uh, not to buy our trees from a nursery, but simply take the seeds of this tree and graft our own avocados of all different varieties. Now, not only did I use this tree, but people in this district, when the ever in the days when the avocado industry in Australia was getting off the ground, potential growers or would-be growers from all around the area would come here and get seeds from this tree. It's just so. Like... So this tree is the sort of the mother of a very. <laughs> Large avocado industry. It's so good. And Bob, before when we drove over here, um, we were having a bit of a chat just about, you know, things that, is there anything that you, if you could start over again, what would you do differently? And I know we did have a chat that there was lots of things, so well, I'm sure everyone yeah, would love to know. There's there's things that I would do differently because um, you do a lot of experimentation and this is a, we call it a research station because we are try we have trialed, you know, up to five hundred different kinds of tropical fruit to see their suitability to Australia, to our conditions here, and what you can do with them. But um, some things, yes, you find out. Um, I, I've come to the I've come to the conclusion, of course, that uh, after being here for forty eight years. Um, you don't get the chance to go around again. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> it's clear that uh, the uh, I've come to the conclusion that you don't live long enough. You, you can't live long enough to learn all the things you need to know. Exactly. That's some good advice. I like it. Now, Bob, you live on this beautiful farm that I'm so lucky to work work at. I'm blessed. So I come in here every day and feel amazing. But have you ever desired to live in the city? <laughs> no. No, I've had a... a there's a, a few brief times in my life that I've, I've lived in the city. But, uh, no, I have to admit that uh, I... I have to have my come out here and feel the ground under my feet and the, the soil in my fingers and and uh, be a part of this uh, you know vibrant amazing thing of you know of growing things. I, That's I, amazing, Bob. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> I, I never cease to, to marvel about you know there's big seeds and there's tiny seeds, but. Even a seed that is very tiny, and some of the things begin with tiny seeds. Every seed in it has in it, the, if you had to write out the genetic sequences in a seed, and the, the vital part of a seed is sometimes so small, you need a microscope to see it. Mm -hmm. But in that speck of material, uh, there's GNA information, um, that uh, that if you had to write it out would would take a million or two pages just all the information in that seed mm -hmm. and you think of when a seed begins from such a all this information packed into the tiny nucleus of a seed it, there's all the total information 
what it is to grow that tree and that plant, the leaf structure, the the the, the plant structure and, and, and the fruit and the taste of the fruit, every detail. It's amazing. Of millions of items required in every plant. And it Bob, begins with that genetic information. That is so interesting. And I'm sure viewers out there are going to really be excited to hear that, listeners. Um, Bob, I've been here for about a year now and I think I've seen all the seasons, but what's your favourite season out at Tron? I know you've told me, but I'm sure the listeners would love to know your favourite time on the farm. Is it summer, winter? I don't know. Uh, every, I think every, every season's Every got season it. has its... Um, because of our climate here and the uh, variety of fruit grown at Tropical Fruit World, we, we have... Oh, he's a busy man. He's got the phone. It's okay. <laughs> we 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 have so about that. We have fruit that's uh, uh, that thrives in every different season. Mm-hmm. So you have you have the winter fruits and the spring fruits, and you have the special fruits of midsummer, like the lychees. Oh, we love the lychees. And then you have the fruits in the autumn mm-hmm. that that um, begin. And, uh, I think every and season. And so the season, you every season, you know, opens up a new chapter mm-hmm. in the in the story of nature. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so you look forward to when you're in there, you, you enjoy the the summer fruits and the autumn fruits. Um, then you look forward to the winter fruits, mm-hmm. the things like the citrus. Yes, and the and the custard apples. And then you have fruits that harvest for a long time. The avocado, you can have avocados all the year round, but they are difficult in the, in the, um, to keep them going in the early summer, mm-hmm. or even in the late summer rather. But, um, and then you have papayas, they, they bear most of the year round. Bananas, the old banana is number one in that. If you grow bananas, have a banana plantation, which we have, mm-hmm. uh, you never run out of bananas. And your family had a banana farm, is that right? I grew up on a banana plantation. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, and you love bananas. And is so it true that, was, that you bananas know, that make you happy? <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, they they contain elements that uh, are mood, mood enhancers. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Yes, we we got a sign there that uh, at our plantation say, be happy, have a banana. (laughs) I love that, Bob. Well, it was so lovely talking with you today and we've just had such a great chat and I'd really love to have you back again for our, but this is our first podcast, so I'm sure there's so many more questions that I can ask you, but thank you. Well, it's been fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Bob. Okay. Okay, thank you.